Here we go. West Hills Friends is a Quaker meeting in Portland, Oregon. You can find more information about our community at westhillsfriends.org. As a Quaker community, we encourage everyone to share from their hearts. Especially as it pertains to God's leading in their lives. These words are shared into a community that values the opportunity to respond and dialogue about what is said. The responses and dialogue are not included in this recording. The views expressed in this content are solely those of the original contributor. And do not necessarily speak for the entire West Hills Friends community. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Morning, friends. <clears throat> so I've had this idea bumping around in my head for a while, and I thought, well, maybe I'll volunteer to do this, and I never did. And then Kay came up, and she said, hey, Tim, how about March 10th? And I said, okay. Um, so, so here it is. And also, uh, when I'm singing in front of people, there's tempo and easy to take, so sometimes I tend to speed up when I'm reading in front of people. I'm going to just call out somebody right now, Julie Payton. You seem very brave. <laughs> I'm going to keep my eye open here. If I start going too fast, which I tend to do, just wave at me. Put you on the spot. Okay. So, when I was a kid, one of my favorite things in the world was my light bright. I remember many toys from my childhood, but I especially loved my light bright. I loved being surprised by the image that appeared, so I seldom inspected the black paper template closely with its pattern of little printed letters indicating the placement and color of the peg to be used. I loved the smell of the light bulb coming on and heating up. I loved making my own pictures and not following the pattern of little letters. <laughs> but most of all, I loved those little brightly colored pegs. Those little pegs were very satisfying to me for several different reasons. Of course, I loved the colorful final pictures that were produced, but I also loved the shape of the pegs and the way it felt as I pushed them through the paper with a satisfying little pop. I used to put them back in their little plastic bag and turn it over and over to hear the tinkling sound that they made. And I was obviously a very easily entertained child. <laughs> The final picture reveal was always satisfying, seeing if my picture matched what the pattern set out on the black paper. But most of all, <clears throat> I loved those little pegs because they looked so bright and colorful and delicious. Once lit from behind, those little pegs became so beautiful that I just wanted to eat them. And so I did. <laughs> I swallowed them right down, constantly. My poor mother. She tried and tried to get me to stop eating those little pegs, but I just couldn't or wouldn't. And she couldn't bring herself to take the light bright away from me. So I got to keep my light bright, and I got to keep eating my little pegs. I guess eating bright little pegs was just one of the numerous acceptable risks of being a child in the 70s. That, along with lawn darts and slip and slides, I'm not sure why I continued to eat the little pegs after I figured out that they didn't taste like Jolly Ranchers, which is what they looked like. They tasted like the hard little bits of plastic that they actually were. But I ate them anyway. It was an obsession. I would dig through my bags of little pegs and sort them out by color. I would separate the pegs into little piles of glistening, delicious-looking little jewels. And one day, I discovered a weird peg. 
I couldn't really tell what color it was. The colors of all the other pegs were obvious, but this one was not. I popped the peg into the pegboard and saw that it could really only be described as a dingy brown. What a disappointment. Not even a true brown, but a muddled mix of colors that suggested brown. I guess there was a production glitch that mixed the wrong colors or accidentally colored a peg or two this off color. And I couldn't understand why anyone would want to be a brown peg on purpose. Now, brown is not a color people get excited about. It's everywhere. It's the color of some very important and beautiful and tasty things, but it's not exactly a stunner. Ask any kid what their favorite color is, and I'd be very surprised to hear them say, brown, brown, I love brown. <laughs> I may be wrong, but I'm thinking brown is not generally a crowd favorite. So there's this brown peg among all the sparkling colorful others, a loner, an outlier. I was not tempted by, nor did I eat the brown peg. I'm sharing, or the reason I'm sharing this with you now is because I've been thinking about that light bright and how it illustrates the practice of looking for the light in others. I find that practice lovely. I love it and I get it, I really do. But I don't always see this light in others. Or maybe what I might see is at best a dimmed and diminished glow, a light rejected, the remnant of light denied. Even thinking this feels kind of gross and judgy. So rather than focusing outside myself on other people's pegs, I decided it might be better to tend to my own light instead of judging what I see as the lack of light in others, which made me think of the light bright. It's a great allegory for the inner light. When a person shares their light, I see the color that that person brings to their light. I know many people who have very bright and colorful lights, and I think most of us have different colored lights at different times. But what happens if the light is an unexpected color, a color not favored? What if the light itself is so diminished as to seem non-existent? What if it's brown? Is there a chance that it's not the peg, that maybe it's the bulb that's dusty? Is my light dusty? Have I neglected keeping it clean and clear? But what if I'm a brown peg? That reminds me of an Ellen DeGeneres story where she goes into a health food store and the clerk tells her, you must be a meat eater, your aura is brown. And Ellen says back to her, my aura is brown, your aura is brown, what a stupid thing to say to me. <laughs> I just really love that because I, whoever heard of a brown aura? Well, Anyway, what's, what's up with my lack of love for the brown peg anyway? Many of the very best things in life are brown. Chocolate, coffee, cumin, cinnamon, cardamom, all kinds of spices. The bark of trees and the clear brown eyes of deers peering through the green. The beautiful brown tones, <clears throat> excuse me, the beautiful brown tones seen in the diversity of humans around the world. Varying shades of beautiful brown skin, brown eyes, brown hair, wood burnished to a gleaming warm auburn brown, not to mention dogs and horses and animals of all brownish kinds. Brown holds up trees and anchors plants to the planet. It's grounding and fundamental and satisfying. And that's beautiful. But I still don't want to be a muddled brown peg. But what can you do? What I've decided to do 
is to work on accepting that all of us have different lights, some bright and some dim, some colorful and some muddled. It's not my job to judge these lights, though I often struggle to refrain from doing just that. Actually, it's probably not even my job to judge my own light, but just to tend to it and try to keep it lit and visible and authentic. And if my light is dusty, if I am a brown peg sometimes, I'll be glad that there is light at all and do what I can to keep seeing the light in others. I can't always be a pretty little sparkle peg, and my own light may grow dim at times, so I need to accept when others are dim and muddled. I do believe in that inner light, even when I don't see it in others, and even when I don't see it in my own mirror. I suppose that's what faith is. Hope that the light is there, even when it seems dim or dying. Brown. So I guess <clears throat> my queries to you are, what do you, when do you feel like a brown peg, like your bulb is dusty? And what does that mean to you? And how do we go about finding the light in others when it isn't always immediately apparent? <laughs> Hey, thanks for listening to our podcast. We're really happy that so many of you are finding it to be helpful and as a way to stay connected with what's going on with us here at West Hills Friends. If you'd like to stay connected with us in other ways, we have a couple options for you. You can check out our website. It's westhillsfriends.org. There you'll find some more information about who we are as a community. You can also follow us on Facebook. We have a Facebook account by just searching for West Hills Friends. You can also follow us on Instagram. We have a Instagram account with the name West Hills Friends. So we hope that you'll get connected with us in other ways. And again, thanks for taking the time to listen to this podcast.